I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I graduated from the small but highly acclaimed visual communications program at the University of Delaware. This advertising program is really unique because 50% of the students are deliberately cut from the program after the first year. And this is to really simulate real world competition. So that was a fun four years to spend my life. And then in 1996, I was interested in the foreign lands. So I moved to London and started an agency with Robert Saville and Mark Waits. I named it Mother, and this is before I was an actual mother, because I wanted to differentiate our approach from the male-dominated ad scene in Britain. And then I took a break from advertising to start a family in 2001. I returned to a very different advertising world in 2011. Today, I'm the CEO of Odysseus Arms in San Francisco. OA is a WBENC certified female-owned ad agency and the only one of its kind in San Francisco. As an agency, we were privileged enough to reframe the transgender narrative as we introduced Caitlyn Jenner to the world during her NBC coming out story. And we activated Obama's arms trade treaty with Amnesty International. And it was something that everyone here was very passionate about. I'm Libby Brockoff, the CEO of Odysseus Arms. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world. The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. All right, let's go with three questions. We'll start with this. I love this question, and I like that people want me to ask this. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And then conversely, what would you say your superpower is? Um, my colleagues will say that my superpower is making the impossible possible. The trend right now is advertising agencies are being used as emergency rooms for marketing teams and in-house agencies. So being disruptive, creative, and results-driven in a high-pressure, short-duration environment is something I would consider a special skill. Now, I would say that my superpower is bravery, and I'm absolutely fearless when it comes to advertising challenges. I had all of Facebook Global dropped in my lap with less than 10 weeks to motivate the majority of their workforce to take up a good cause. And this was a pet project of Mark and Cheryl, which luckily I didn't let them down. Um, I guess another example of that would be executing YouTube's first paid media campaign, which was a massive integrated digital broadcast out of home effort. And it had to be on air in less than three months. So pretty much nothing scares me. And I really like the new Wonder Woman movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Bravery, that's, you know, it's funny because that's a word that gets thrown around a lot. Uh, I mean, you've clearly articulated that. What do, you, what do you think bravery is and can be and should be now? Well, I think in today's marketplace, it's about being able to stand for creative ideas and craft. Those two things are something that every creative has to fight for. And unless you're brave, you might end up with work that you're not very proud of. That's a fair point. 
Next question. So this would be officially question two. Sometimes we ask follow-ups. In 2017, (laughs) what do you believe we should be talking about and why is that? The most exciting thing about 2017 and beyond to me is the post-millennial consumer, otherwise known as Gen Z. I currently have two of them at my house, so I feel like I know this group very well. Uh, Their relationship with media is very different to millennials. So they're a gigantic consumer group that is about to reach working and spending age and become really interesting to marketers. But I think the thing is that most of our industry really doesn't know any of the apps that they're using. They don't know what a Musical.ly video is. And I'm talking about most of junior high and high school kids in the U.S. Um, And because they don't have jobs, these kids are able to spend six hours or more consuming social media on a dozen different platforms. So I think their catalog of social media memory is very immense. Um, They believe that equality is not really a negotiable thing. So that's a pretty interesting perspective and something, you know, as we cast for people in the films that we're making and the digital ads that we're making, we need to be very aware of. They want brands um, to be real because they think of themselves as being these incredibly unique species. So um, it's, less important for them to kind of fit in and more important for them to think about their own personal brand. So that's a really interesting way. Um, when we're talking about mass media, how do we tap into that? Um, and I think that a TV spot is a very niche part of their media because parents tend to let their kids be on any kind of devices and they're not really watching much TV. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, understand the having them in the house thing. <laughs> it, it, it is interesting. It's just you know the the whole idea of life. Imi- life imitates life imitates business. Uh, it, I mean, it is critical, and and it's important not to you know not to dismiss some of these nascent platforms or or behaviors that we're seeing because it's very easy for people you know you and me like our age to say oh that's just going to be a fad or why does that matter absolutely and that's one thing i think millennials is the most overused word ever in our you know thank industry thank you thank you <laughs> So let's just change the subject to something that's more interesting, Gen Z. (laughs) Right. I got you. Next question. And I'm using air quotes here. Who, quote, made you and how how did they make you and why? Hands down, my college professor, Ray Nichols at the University of Delaware. He ran the advertising program that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast So I think great teachers open doors and make you think. He pretty much rocked my entire world and stripped the naive Southern suburban schoolgirl out of me. Um, He taught us to manage the creative process in a very scientific way, like engineers might. So that's been really useful as data has infiltrated what we do. Um, He took the madness out of the process and applied logistics to the unknown, which was a great way to help think about creativity. So he really understood that attrition that 
advertising people suffer when you're trying to find um, a powerful solution. So he would say to us, hey, if you need to have three ideas in the end, you really need to make 10 because all sorts of things can impact these ideas. Um, And I think another wonderful thing that he shared with us was that he idolized great creative people like Bill Bernbach and Dan Wyden. You know, he had saved amazing ads from newspapers and, you know, he also really respected women. So I had a lot of female creative icons to aspire to, but his program was really designed for that tough New York advertising world. He put us (laughs) through I mean, it was, it was pressure tested. He put us through extreme conditioning with insane workloads that require multiple all-nighters every week. I mean, he would be completely dinged by any millennial that had to go through it. But, um, we, uh, we attacked these mysterious problems with a lot of engineering logic. And so he pretty much groomed us to be fearless and trained us to serve these impossible expectations. And to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of people realize it, but nearly all of us that have graduated are currently holding all of the top jobs at the best agencies across the country. I guess we're kind of having our heyday right now. So fighting blue hands. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you've heard of us. Or or as we say in South Jersey, fighting blue hens. So, <laughs> yes. You, Mike Coggin from Colin McVoy in Minneapolis. He went to Delaware. Who else went to Delaware? Carl Lieberman, who's running Wyden. I don't know whether he's the CCO of North America or just New York. He's in the New York office. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Riley, who runs McCann Erickson in New uh-huh. York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because... Delaware, I mean, obviously a great school in and of itself, but it's not like the first place that people think of when it comes to advertising. They're thinking VCU, they're thinking Creative Circus, they're thinking, you know, Miami, they're thinking all these places, you know, those are graduate programs, but for undergraduate, you know, there's Missouri, there's Oregon. Delaware is kind of sneaky that way, isn't it? Exactly. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because it's not a classic ad school. It's actually, instead of being a two-year program, it's a four-year program. So I think it is interesting to look at when there's been a lot of discussion about how do we train new people to come into the industry. And what I've seen as a person that's hiring people constantly is a lot of universities are really popping up and they're, I feel like, equally feeding into the industry as are the ad programs. And I don't think that used to happen. Like, We just hired somebody from the University of Colorado. We hired someone from Boston College. We've hired tons of people from different places. Uh, Let's go to the must list. Let's start with a must do. A must do is to learn to manage your finances. This is the greatest country on earth. The world center of capitalism is America, but too many Americans don't know anything about money, which makes them very vulnerable. One of the great things that's happening in fintech is that there's so many fintech apps that are emerging to try and help people get back on track and empowering people to control their destinies, which is something I think that all millennials want to do. And they're 
probably the most screwed of any generation in the finance department. So I would say get in touch with your finances um, as soon as possible, especially to younger people. An addendum to that, even if you don't think that you will have kids, start a 529 plan because you might need it yourself someday. I love it. That's perfect. Yes. There you go. There you go. Pro tip. What is a must experience? If you haven't seen any of Matthew Barney's Cremaster Cycle in any modern uh, art museum across the country, I highly recommend it. It's a multimedia art piece. It's centered around five feature-length films and also includes photography, sculpture, drawings, books. Um, the combination will really give you the entire experience. I became a docent at the Walker Art Museum in Minneapolis. Oh, so I spent, yeah. <laughs> I spent a long time studying his work, but basically it's a massive exploration of hubris. So that's defined uh, by ancient Greeks as foolish pride or dangerous overconfidence and anything that defies normal behavior and challenges the gods. So if you start to get involved with his work, you will completely realize it's easily the most ambitious and wildest thing that you have ever seen visually it's extraordinary, even if you don't want to spend the time to really understand all of his work. And uh, he's married to Bjork, so that adds a little twist there if you're uh, interested. Yeah, in no, that, a little Icelandic twist. Why, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it, do you feel analogous to personalities in advertising in the industry a little bit? I mean, you're, you're, I, talk, you're talking about hubris. I was like, huh, okay. That's why I put it in there and kind of teased it out. Um, I, I thought you might bring that up, but I, I think you can make some connections there. It's any industry, but since we're talking about advertising and marketing and creativity, why not, right? <laughs> exactly. What's a must read? We like really old books. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. No, it's good. No, it's very good. Uh, also, Alex Boguski, if you remember or respect his work um, for turning Crispin Porter around, he had this hilarious old marketing book that literally almost fell apart. And he claims that he based everything that he knew and did around it, which I think there's some irony there. But a book that I really love um, from the 1970s is called The Universal Traveler. Um, and it was written by Don uh, Koberg. And it was uh, sort of a guide to creative thinking, I guess. And it's really a must read for anybody that wants to do anything remarkable. My professor that I mentioned, Ray Nichols, is it was um, our first book that we had to read and pretty much allows anybody to be a super creative. And as I was preparing to talk to you today, I realized that so many other people have actually talked about this book in TED Talks. IDEO has mentioned it as an influence. And I had you know, been thinking about this book before I knew that. And it's just really hilarious because if anybody takes the time to Google it, it just has the worst graphics. It's, it's a paperback book. And if you saw it in a bookshop, you'd walk right past it and not think that there was anything useful in it. And I was just enamored to find out that IDEO and all these other people, Seth Godwin, you know, have mentioned it. So I was pretty happy with my idea here. 
underscores the importance of words matter, not necessarily the package in which they come. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) What's a must learn? I think for advertising people, you need to learn to blend data with creativity because, you know, data is really something that already happened, right? So you need to kind of be able to decode it and find out what part of it is useful and not forget the creativity part. Mm -hmm. So my vision for advertising is more museum of modern art than, you know, Madison Avenue cliche. So I feel very lucky to get to do this particular job every day. And, you know, ad agencies should be a place where great ideas come together to have sex. And that's kind of my take on why I like to do what I do. What's a question you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you? And what would the answer be? That's great. I would love someone to ask me why I like my work so much. Um, I think one of the amazing things about being in marketing, getting to uh, learn brands is really that we get to learn people. And at our agency, we spend an immense amount of time actually working with the consumer We call this process uh, the third eye, and we like to say that three eyes are better than two. But what it really does is exposes me to people globally in all ages, races, sexes, everything. And I get immense amount of pleasure being able to learn and being exposed to, to different ideas and concepts. And I find this work that I do extremely rewarding. Every guest on our show gets a chance to talk about whatever they'd like for a minute or two. So without further ado, the floor is yours. You know, one of the the biggest things that I see is all the new people coming into this industry. And I feel like there's so many simple things that, uh, people could be doing to really start to work in this industry. And I know a lot of people are attracted to, to media jobs and don't really know how to break into it. I think that, you know, going back to simple skills and thinking about, things like manners and starting conversations with people and picking up the phone and doing some homework on people that they would love to work for and really getting a passion for this industry is something that can really set you apart. It's amazing how many resumes are just flipped to me and Some of the people that I meet with, I'm really surprised how unprepared they are to come and have a conversation because, you know, when I take the time to talk to somebody, I really want to hear what's in their head. I want to learn something. I want to be pushed forward. I want to be inspired. And I think that people have a lot to offer and being able to put some of that forward would be really helpful if people just understood how much I need to be entertained as much as 
I come to work every day and figure out how am I going to entertain a consumer that's being bombarded with 40,000 messages throughout their day, plus all their social media. How do I get through to them? I think that people have a lot of great stories and great perspectives and just channeling some of that and putting that forward could really help them break into this world because we need young people. We have people as young as 12 years old on our staff that we are tapping into. So anything's possible. We like to wrap up every show with one last piece of advice or wisdom. So what is your final word? My final word really is channel comedy a bit more. I think that our whole industry is just being restricted, data-driven. All agencies are focusing on a proprietary way to look at consumers. We have AI. And I think taking a step back, watch some comedy videos and just do what we do best, which is entertain people and do it in a way where you exercise your craft skills. And all of us will be less bored, more inspired, and we will be able to kind of continue to create pop culture and make people want to go out and do things and be inspired. Love that answer and could not agree more, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Thank you so much for joining us from San Francisco today. Continued best wishes for great work and great success. And and really honestly, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Doug. I really appreciate it.